Sean Durkin here with Amy Deeds Graham and Jalal Badani. Hello. How's, it, how's everyone doing today? Good, and you? Good. Good. Feeling better than uh, Silicon Valley Bank, that's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and, and as we speak, Offsea's actually taken over permanently the Canadian operations yeah. of the op- of the organization. So we're going to get to uh, get into kind of how something like uh, a situation like Silicon Valley Bank occurs, yeah. uh, what could be the implications of that, and then also delve a little bit into... Um, the strong protections that Canadian investors and uh, customers of the big six banks have yeah. with their deposits. And that'll be coming up next. So the high profile case of Silicon Valley bank, is in the news. It's caused a lot of market turmoil over the last few days. And uh, I thought we could kind of describe why it's happening and what is the real risk of contagion happening within other mm-hmm. banks within the regional system in the United States? And could this spread internationally? We know Credit Suisse is in the news, you know, out of Europe and out of Switzerland uh, specifically. So we thought we'd get into that. And, um, you know, let me ask you this, Jalal. Yep. What what the hell happened with Silicon Valley Bank? <laughs> Joel, you're following this like hour to hour, I think, right? This, it, <laughs> I was, it's yeah. Interesting, since, since right? Last, it is an interesting Wednesday story. Night, last Wednesday night. But what happened was basically Silicon Valley is a regional bank, and mm-hmm. they've been around for about 40 years, and they're a premium bank for... Located tech, right tech in Silicon startup. Valley. S- located right in Silicon Valley, yeah. yep. And they're a premium bank for um, venture capital, and they heavily uh, invest in, or they, they're heavy, heavy depositors for uh, tech companies and healthcare. Mostly so, so tech. If you're, if you're a tech, let's say you're a tech startup or something like that, yeah. Yeah. and you're a res- resident somewhere in Silicon Valley or close yeah. by, you're yeah. looking for capital, yeah. Silicon Valley Bank was the go-to spot. It was, yeah. It was okay. the premium destination. Now, you don't have to be a company within Silicon Valley. Uh, although it was a regional bank, you had also uh, companies and like um, venture capitalists from Florida, uh, from Montana, and other places. But they prim- yeah. primarily catered to... Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Just because because of their focus was tech, and Silicon Valley is known for its tech hub, right? Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. What happened was, um, obviously, they had depositors and and their clients, which were venture capitalists and 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 startup companies. They wanted to withdraw some money because of inflation. These companies started needing to withdraw more money, right? Mm-hmm. A company. Well, that, what what did inflation have to do with it specifically? Well, like, why com- would a company have to draw more money down because of sure. inflation? Well, because if you have if you run a company and uh, pre inflation, pre COVID, for example, or Pre twenty twenty two, you were using up a hundred grand a year. Right. Because of inflation, now you're using up one hundred fifty grand a year. Your costs went up, whether raw materials or even your payroll, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Your, your costs, as we all know, in the past year and a bit, um, costs went up for companies. So they needed to withdraw more money from the bank. Right. Mm-hmm. What happened was Silicon Valley, uh, sorry, uh, Silicon Valley Bank no longer had the cash, enough cash to secure these deposits. They needed to raise money to give these companies the money that they're requesting to withdraw. Because if you walk it back a little bit, mm-hmm. based yeah. on what I understand, is that during COVID, yeah. you know, the loan demand diminished quite a bit and deposits went up within within the banking structure of Silicon Valley Bank. So they had a they lot did, of yeah. capital on hand. Because remember yep. what happened, right? A lot of investors went into the tech space because we were all working from home. Those those businesses yeah. went on a real tear, right? A lot right. of investment went into those businesses. Yeah, so they have they, they had they, a lot of cash, cash on hand, but I guess yep. the loan growth during COVID somewhat right. diminished. Yep. yep. So when you're a bank and you're sitting on too much cash, yeah. you have almost too much equity within the uh, within the bank, which means your return on equity diminishes. You yeah. have to get that money earning something. Right. Yep. 
And so didn't Silicon Valley Bank then buy bonds? Yep. That's exactly what they did. But to get a higher rate of return, they bought long-dated bonds, right? Yep. And then... And then guess what? When interest rates went up, the bond prices go down. The bond price went down. So now... So if if I'm Johnny Tech dude, and I go to Silicon Valley Bank, and I say, I want $100,000 of my money out of my bank. Yeah. And then Amy Susie Tech, yeah. she wants $100,000 of her money out of her bank account. Mm-hmm. And you're Jalal Tech, and you want $100,000 out of your bank. Well, all of a sudden, they only have 60 cents on the dollar yeah. because of what happened with the, the money they took. Yep. To, okay. That's exactly, yeah. yeah. So they had to sell bonds at a loss, right? right? I think it was at about, uh, the, the total amount of losses was about $20 billion, Okay. Right? So then to cover some of these losses and to cover more deposits, they had to, they decided uh, after Wednesday closed to issue shares. Okay. So dilute uh, the shares pretty much. Right. That cost Thursday, so last Thursday, which was March 9th, mm-hmm. that cost that caused the share price to tumble from about 160 to about 101, a huge drop. Yeah. So yeah. Thursday, the market of SVB, their share price closed at around 101. And then there's news spreading around why this is like happening. And then if you're the a Silicon time. Valley depositor, you go, yep. oh, my God, I got to go What the hell's in. happening? Yeah. Right. So it was a double-edged sword. It was actually from multiple angles what happened with SVB. And it, right. you can see it's a, it was a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was fear within people yep. that caused SVB to collapse. Right. right. Um, Thursday, the the, uh, the share price closed at around 101. Friday morning pre-trade, it was about 35. Mm-hmm. And then it just kept spiraling. Yeah, you know, like panic. if I was a client of SVB, I'm going to call my friend Amy here, who's also a client of SVB, and tell her, hey, withdraw your money. She's going to call you, who's also a client of SVB, and tell right. you to withdraw your money. So this bank run is what they call it, right? This bank run just depleted SVB mm-hmm. until I think literally right before lunchtime, the Fed came in and just like, all right, guys. literally the yeah. investments that are backing the deposits are yeah. now worth 60 cents on the dollar. They just don't have the money. Precisely. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah they're, like they were okay. done. Even yeah. though the management of SVB was telling people, relax, guys, we'll figure it out. Because this was but serious enough. Late. This was serious enough to prompt Joe Biden on Sunday, as I recall. Yep, and Congress. Yeah. And Congress yeah. to come out and say, whoa, 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 we're going to backstop down, everybody. Yeah. Because what, like, in this case, I can imagine. Let's say, uh, I don't know, you're you're a customer of pick another regional bank, Key West, or yeah. something like that, right? Yeah. And you're sitting there, Key Bank, and all of a sudden you hear this is happening way across at the other side of the country with Silicon Valley. You start wondering if your deposits are safe, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah. And then it goes on and on and on and on and on and right. on. Yeah. Right. I'll, and okay. I'll tell you what. Uh, in my opinion, here's the logic: a bank is supposed to be some kind of institution that's uh, consistent and stable. Yeah. If I hear one regional bank going under, well, in my opinion, they have a good management, they have good leadership, and they have effective strategies. So if with all that positivity, things are going downwards, it means the banking industry seems like it's going downwards. So I'm going to call up all my, as an entrepreneur, even just an individual, I'm going to call up all my friends, all my loved ones, and tell them, get to your nearest branch and withdraw your money or do something. So that's just going to spiral and ripple and exponentially ripple across the entire industry. And, and, that's, and, that's, why, and that's a fear of a contagion. Yeah. Of course. And that's yeah. why even banks like JP Morgan on Monday were down at one point like 6%. And JP Morgan, I think, is the largest um, yes. a, a depositor in the U.S. They are. Right? And Bank of America at one point, I think, was down like 9%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Goldman Sachs, uh, because also Goldman Sachs is heavy in investment banking, they were also down Well, insurance lot. companies like mm-hmm. MetLife, Prudential, yeah. Yeah. Allstate, they're all down in the, in the yeah. same, they're all caught up in the yeah. same hurricane, yeah. so to speak. Yeah. And, and the question then becomes, okay, this is what could happen. 
Yeah. Right. Now, if I, you know, if I look at it, obviously Silicon Valley Bank, they were specially, they, they were focused in technology. Yeah. Signature Bank and also. Venture Capital Tech. I, I just want to make that clear to everybody. Tech is not bad. Like Microsoft is tech. Yeah. Apple it, is it tech. Was, their biggest customer were, wasn't Microsoft right, 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 right. or Apple yeah, exactly. or something. They were right. into Venture Capital Tech and Venture right. Capital is already very risky. And right. Signature Bank went down. Yep. Uh, they're crypto focused. Yep. And then Silvergate Bank, which Same I've thing. never heard of, yeah. focused on crypto. Yeah, that's right. Okay, yeah. so, so we've had three banks go under. Yep. Okay. And Canada serious. seized, as you mentioned, SVB in Canada uh, yeah. right away Sunday. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's pretty unprecedented. I think this was a lesson learned from the uh, crisis in 2008, 2009, that the governments are intervening very quickly yeah. to stabilize yeah. the banking system. Yep. What do you think, Amy? Do you think well, this think is another 2008 shows, situation? I don't think it's another 2008. I, I really don't. Um, I think it's very different. But I think it... You know, if you one thing 2008 did is it did showcase the strength of the Canadian banking system, right? Mm -hmm. We have a lot of regulation in place. We're we have instead of a lot of little banks, we have big major banks. They're well diversified. Again, these are very specific banks and targeting a certain industry. So I know from our side of the table, we see that when Mm -hmm. banks sit down and they're looking at their loan books, they're making sure that they're not concentrated in one sector because sometimes things will happen in a certain sector and you could be at risk. So it really highlights... It's more Canada. centralized in Canada. Well, there, when you look and, at a and bank, sorry, one more thing. She because yeah, yeah. she mentioned um, risk and and concentration. SVB also operated for a while Good without point. a risk officer, which is very irresponsible. Yeah, that, that might yeah. be a red flag in hindsight, right? Yeah. yeah. But you know, when you look at these banks that specialize in certain areas, mm-hmm. right? They're trying to make meet a market need, not being serviced properly. Let's say by the larger diversified banks like the Bank of America's or J.P. Morgan's, and. Yeah. They're trying to get some outsized profits yeah. by trying to service that niche, okay. which is great when it works. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when it doesn't, yeah. watch out. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And that's what's happening now. Yeah, yeah. Right. So what, you know, if you're, if you're sitting here in Toronto or Vancouver, we have listeners in Calgary and Halifax and so forth, and you hear this happening, mm-hmm. yeah. how concerned should you be as a Canadian when this occurs. Well, I think it's a good reminder of some of the protections we have in place, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes we don't think about it when things are good. We're not so worried. But when you see this, you start to go, hey, well, what about my deposits? Am I protected? Am I okay? So it's important. We we sent a note note out to our clients talking about some of this uh, today, but we are an IROC member. So what that means is we have special regulations where we have to follow. We go through special audits. But we hold an important note is we hold our clients' assets and clients' names, and they're segregated. It's not mixed with the bank. So if you own shares of a particular company, they're held in your name. So how is that significant, uh, if I may so ask? How does that protect the worst consumer? Worst case scenario, bank becomes insolvent. Those shares are held in your name with that investment, whatever company it is. So if you own shares of Enbridge, those shares are issued to Jalal. So, so I didn't those lose are return- them. No, they're returned gotcha. to you. Yeah. So then you start to go, okay, well, that protects that piece of my investments, but what about my cash? So many Canadians will be familiar with CDIC's uh, coverage, uh, Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation. So what that covers you up to $100,000 per issuer. So typically clients would be thinking about their GIC holdings. And oftentimes you'll see them buy, you know, 100,000 tranche, another 100,000 tranche to make sure you're getting, you know, coverage on on each of that piece. Mm -hmm. And then the last one is the CIPF, which we're again, we're we're members of, is the Canadian Investment Protection Fund. And that protects up to a million dollars of your cash. 
on non-registered and also a million dollars on registered assets. So you've also got that layer of protection, mm -hmm. plus the oversight, right? We have to remember all the oversights, all the audits that we go through to make sure we're complying to all those the compliance things. that There's we have to go. And, and, and you know, we will go, go <laughs> we into more detail. Officers. We'll go into more detail that in a moment. But it's, yeah. so, so when you look at, for instance, like, you know, CDIC and uh, Canadian Deposit Insurance Corporation coverage. Yeah. That includes um, cash and savings accounts, mm -hmm. cash and checking accounts, mm -hmm. you know, and then your, C your GIC coverage yeah. and so on and so yeah. forth. But in theory, if you have a million dollars in cash sitting in a savings account at a bank, is it better protected there in an individual savings account or is it better protected being held in an account that's covered by a Canadian Investment Protection Fund? I think the second option. Yeah. Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's something to be mindful of. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. So, okay. All right. So, so then we thought, you know, I, I kind of started thinking, have, have we seen CIPF use? Like, I don't remember. I don't recall because it's not that common. Yeah. We, I did find a case where it has been used, but it was a very small situation. It was a smaller boutique firm. What happens in that scenario then the assets are transferred to another dealer investment dealer yeah. it's transferred and then you go through the process of, of getting your claims and going through that that step so yeah, it's yeah. very rare like i couldn't even think of the case and in fact the boutique firm i had never even heard of yeah. um so it is it is very very rare yeah. and it's even rarer to have a canadian schedule one bank go under yeah. it's virtually yeah. impossible yeah, yeah. And when I say virtually, I don't like anything is possible. I can't say like, I, I mean, it's possible that a meteorite could fall through, you know, the earth's atmosphere and strike Texas, yeah, right? Yeah, like, I don't yeah. know, like who knows, but if in the simplest terms, if a Canadian schedule one bank plays by the rules, they follow the mantra set forth in the act and so forth, you're, you're, you're deemed for lack of a better way to describe it is too big to fail. In other words, yeah. the government will step in yeah. and backstop you. And there's actually, you know, some there's some funding that we put aside as a bank yeah. every mm -hmm. year that's kind of put in escrow to support this if this occurs. And tell me, Sean, is our home bank uh, a Schedule One bank? <laughs> serious? Is that a serious question? No. <laughs> like, no, did you just ask me if one plus one is two? <laughs> I just wanted to talk highly of National Bank. Yes, everyone, we are we are a Schedule One bank. And but you had to Google that. No, I'm looking up this one. So our branch manager just said we're actually also considered what's called a DSIB, a domestic systemically important bank, everyone. Yeah, so that's why I just described, too big to fail. That's yeah, what that means. Uh, okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, thanks for making it more complicated, Joel. <laughs> so, but that's SVB, everyone. But I did have one question for the both of you guys about SVB specifically, or yeah. not SVB, but the regulatory environment that's going on. Now, the federal government stepped in. Uh, a lot of these companies, like some companies had $10 million deposited with SVB, some I think one company had like 75 million. These startups were worried what happens to our deposits and the loans that we took and, you know, our cash that we had. So everybody thought that the maximum they're going to get because of the depository insurance in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, by FDIC is 250K. Right. But Biden come, came out and said, that's it, guys. Everyone relax. Everybody's going to get all their money and yeah. taxpayers won't be, pay won't be paying for it. It's going to come out of the fund. Just like similar to what we have in Canada, the U.S. also has the fund where all the banks or the financial institutions pour money in. Right. My question is, do you personally agree that the, the Biden administration should have bailed pretty much all the depositors out? Because, because if they don't, well, a lot of companies lost a lot of money, yeah. no doubt. Yeah. But if they do, what kind of precedents are they also setting to other banks? 
that you could just take as much risk as you want and the federal government's going to back you up? So that's the classic issue that uh, yeah. Hank Paulson faced, you know, back in the crisis of 2008, mm-hmm. right? And he was the treasurer okay. of, uh, you know, the, the secretary yeah. treasurer of the, uh, of the United States. And he always, he called it the moral hazard of exactly what you're yeah. describing. Yep. And you have to balance the, the, the stabilization of the greater good mm-hmm. against the specificity of an individual investor behaving badly because they know they can take, they can do all the risk taking they want. And if it ends up badly, they'll mm-hmm. be made whole by the U S government. My, my feeling is pretty simple is that, you know, what, what is the more severe outcome? Cause there is a, there is a slight risk, but it's a risk nonetheless that if a severe contagion hits the banking system of the largest economy in the world, it could turn out to be really bad if it's not stopped and nipped in the bud in an orderly fashion. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's why, that's why they're doing what they're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, how that plays out, I don't know. Well, I, and so I kind of agree with, with that thought, but I think the next step is follow it up with what are you going to do about it going forward? Because yeah. you can't, you're going to have Audit to make the sure crap out of every single there bank better out there be now. special audits. The executives, there better be some harsh penalties for yeah. what they did by taking that big risk of yeah. saying we're going to go all long bonds. Well, come on, like you got to measure that properly. So <laughs> There's got to be some significant punishments yeah. as well as followed up with yeah. better if, if regulation. If you're a Republican congressperson yeah. and you were sitting there hoping to deregulate the banks a little bit further during your term in Congress, <laughs> that just went yeah. up in smoke. That's, yeah. that's not happening. <laughs> but in serious, in all, in all fairness, yeah. Donald Trump and his... And his yeah, uh, they or, rolled you know, back some of the regulations at the Obama yeah. administration. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, and then you get Ron DeSantis that said, oh, SVB failed because... Um, because of their uh, their focus on gender equity and, inc- and inclusion. Oh, jeez. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Not the okay, mismanagement. Enough politics. No, yeah. <laughs> so you know, so I think you know. At the end of the day, do do we think this is going to be an issue that's going to be you know not dealt with? I think it will be. To I be do. honest, yeah. I I think there's going to be th- this. I think if we journey out six months, this will probably be long dealt with. I think it's a bit of an overreaction. Right now, there's a lot of great companies that have done nothing wrong that are better capitalized today than they were 15 years ago when 2008 happened. I'm speaking yes, yes to the JP Morgans, the Bank of Americas, you know, the Citigroup. Yeah. So they, ha- they are far better capitalized than they were in the past. And Morgan Stanley, is, you can lump them in. They should be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so if they get sold off quite a bit, that may be an opportunity. Canadian banks are getting swept up in this as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. I mean, Even I think we're we had no such incident like as of yet. What's Our that? banking system Even, isn't perfect in Canada, yeah. but we do have significant regulations around 100%. that has definitely helped us. The only, right? the only thing you need really to be careful, and this that. is knowing what you own and why you own it. There are Canadian banks now that have much more significant U.S. holdings than they mm-hmm. had in the past. Yeah. And um, that, you know, depending on where they're located, et cetera, mm-hmm. that could pose some issue for them. But again, in the short term. Yeah. Our banks are well capitalized, more than sufficiently capitalized to backstop and well diversified. diversified. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, well th- th- there you have it. it. Never a dull moment in this industry, is yeah. it? Every day you wake up, you never know what you're going to find. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the fun never ends. Okay. Well, thank you, everybody. Until next and time. Until next time.